Hi, I'm Phil Trethaway. Hi, I'm Serena Joel. You're listening to the Creativity Speaks podcast, where Serena and I explore the stories of Sacramento's creative community. Serena has produced and marketed some of your favorite Sacramento events. And Phil is the co-founder of Creativity Plus and creative director of Position Interactive, a digital design agency. Each season of Creativity Speaks focuses on a different theme. This quarter, we are focusing on the theme of community. Thanks for listening. We hope these discussions are enlightening, inspiring, and spark a few conversations in your home and your workplace. If you're interested in being a sponsor of this podcast, email us at creativityplus, that's P-L-U-S, Sacramento, at gmail.com. Molly Weber is our guest today. She's the Chief Experience Officer at Sacramento's best-known co-working collective, The Urban Hive. Her husband, Brandon, may be the better-known face of The Urban Hive and IO Labs, but we want to sit down with a woman who makes the magic happen. She may not have set out to do this work, but she definitely seems to have found her element. Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So first question here, what happens at the edge of a guest's comfort zone at The Urban Hive? Yeah, that's a good question. I think first and foremost, you know, our goal is always to find out the why. Why are they joining? What are they looking to succeed in? Whether it be a workspace and building relationships to collaborating to maybe looking for an investor. Maybe they have an idea. Maybe they are looking for deep collaboration from maybe another marketer or a designer And so hopefully, you know, we can, in listening to the why, answer some of those questions and help direct them to making that happen for them. When you make those spaces happen, you've talked interestingly in the past about, you know, someone must become uncomfortable and comfortable at the same time for this community of co-working to happen. Can you talk a little about how you create that balance? Sure. I think, you know, the intention of design goes back to how we design the space. So we really sought to, you know, answer all the questions and know the answers to those before we were designing it. So tighter spaces makes people collaborate a little bit more. Tighter spaces also makes people reach out across the table and introduce themselves to someone else to get to know them open the door for those um, relationships to be possible. Another design was our kitchen and kind of how there's an island in the center of it. And so you're kind of forced to walk around it. Again, our kitchen at the last space, if anyone's ever been there, was uh, probably a postage stamp and you literally ran into everyone. And I found it's so amazing to hear from so many of our members that said the kitchen was their favorite part of the hive, probably my least favorite, but knowing why they loved it, then I understood that it, it just created all of these serendipitous moments to run into people and to force yourself to introduce yourself, to find out a little bit more. And that's kind of you know, part of the magic. You know, do you mind kind of elaborating or explaining to someone who doesn't know what the Urban Hive and IO Labs is? Can you give a quick summary for someone who's never heard of it? Sure. So, you know, a creative space for you to work. An unoffice office is a lot of times how we like to say that. And I think, you know, 
so many times right now, especially now, we're in this huge shift to working remotely. And most of us don't work so well at home, or we do briefly, but we're missing out on you know, collaboration, we're missing out on community, we're missing out on a creative hub, even if you're not a creator. Because I think that so many things come out of creativity. I think about our startups and what it takes to bring that idea to fruition has so many creative pieces. In so many ways, whether you're an entrepreneur or a creative, you need to be around others for that innovation to happen. And then you need to be in a space that constantly has you know, workshops and events that kind of light your fire so that you can do new and amazing things. So part workspace, part event space, you know, a community. So lots of different things. What led you to want to create a co-working space? Because based off of a previous conversation, you and Brandon started this kind of before it was a cool thing to do. This was really an idea that has now kind of become mainstream. Part of this I fell into because Brandon created this. The other part was, you know, wanting to create a community workspace. That was the first idea. Co-working became a word down the road, but really, in essence, you know, we can kind of throw that out the window because that community workspace is still our first and foremost intention of creating a space where people can gather, where people can work where people can enjoy one another's company, where relationships build. And that in itself is transformative. And then if you think about all the different things that those people can do together, a city can be changed through that. It's impressive to say a city can be changed. And I love that perspective when thinking about co-working spaces, because sometimes you think about, oh, you know, this is the place you go, you're going to start a business and you can't really afford a big space yet. And you get free coffee. Right. But you have a much bigger vision of a co-working space, talking about a space you can change a city in. If the walls could talk in the urban hive, have any cool things happened over there? Oh, sure. I mean, uh, countless events where businesses have been born out of ideas that have changed the city, whether from the creative aspect in so many different art projects throughout the city, ideas and change makers and innovative fellowships and incubators that have come out of the space. I mean, I just was looking through the list of your speakers over this time, and so many of them have come mm -hmm. out of the hive, <laughs> whether they've been there, you know, as an ideator, as a creator, through an incubator. You know, one of your current speakers, I've realized, has been to the hive multiple times with different businesses. So that's interesting to see how people have changed and utilized the hive in different ways. And when you're crafting the hive, you always seem to be uh, you know, ahead of the curve. We think of it as a, a pretty progressive space in the co-working space, in the face of like thinking about diversity and inclusivity, spatial planning, creating relationships among people. So if people don't know, there was the original urban hive building for it was six, seven, eight years, and then this new space. And you had a chance for a brand new beginning here. Correct. You could create something out of nothing. Where did you start when starting to think about how you wanted to start a brand new community for this new space? 
Wow. Um, to be honest, that was a pretty intense decision. We knew that we were starting to outgrow our space. We knew that the space had to be perfect. And we looked for many years before finding the space at the cannery. Most of that was because we were looking for something really special and unique and knowing what our current space had, the imperfect perfect of the old brick building that we were in from the 1920s. We personally love buildings with history. So that was something that we sought after. In addition to that, you know, loads of natural light, being able to walk and, and run there or bike there. So many of our, our members were biking and running in at the time. So those were added to the many things that were important to us. I think then we moved to, you know, making sure it had enough space and the capacity to grow beyond our space. So then for our listeners, when Molly and I had chatted previously, she mentioned that, what was it after, you went seven years without a vacation, and then finally you guys, you and Brandon had agreed to go on a vacation. You guys ended up going for, what was it? Seven weeks. Seven weeks. And so what what did that seven-week vacation allow you guys to do as it came to taking a break and thinking about the future of Urban Hive? breathe first and recharge. I think those were the first two things to come. But in so many ways, that space allowed for the dreams and the ideas and the next steps of the urban hive, what it would look like, what it would feel like. And in so many ways, I mean, I'd say we took seven weeks off, but we also worked in the evenings just because of the time change. We were able to talk to staff when our kids were in bed. And that you know, helped make sure that everything was okay, but at the same time, kind of gave us a pulse of how things were doing when we weren't there. And then it just kind of flourished from there. I think so often that we undervalue the importance of a vacation because there's so often mm-hmm. you leave and you look at other things, you get to research, see how other people um, process, do things, come up with design ideas and whatnot. So it's like, it might be a vacation, but it's really working vacation. It's an idea creation. It's how do you come back and grow from there? Right. Yeah. I I would say that all vacations for us are working vacations. And that's mainly just because it gives us the space to have those conversations. Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes we have to deal with something that's challenging. And other times it's just kind of, you know, we'll get out pen and paper and draw things if we're kind of redesigning a space or thinking about conceptually how a space can change from one space to the next or trying to be really efficient with the space. And that could be, you know, how our art gallery shifts or creating a space for something creative to happen in a partnership that we're dealing with. So A lot of times those vacations just are time for us to grow to that next step and envision something that we likely didn't have the time to talk about before. Let's talk a little more about that, you know, taking time for yourself and your your business, but also this balance between giving to the community and your business and your personal life. I know you describe yourself as an introvert. You are normally the quieter person, but in the Urban Hive, you take on this role of nurturing and cultivating people and their talents and these relationships and pushing people to 
grow past their limits? And how have you grown as you've pushed people to grow? Wow, um, that is a very complex question. <laughs> I'd probably say I'm doing something that I would never have seen myself doing in so many ways that I would never have said that I was comfortable enough to be in this role. But I love connecting with people. And so if I don't have to be on a stage, if I can have that individual attention with that member, whether it's giving them a call and finding out what their needs are, to giving them a tour and introducing them to our space in so many ways, that space is my second home. So it's just like I'm inviting someone into my home and sharing how this best can work with them and making sure that they're comfortable. So, I mean, I love hosting people. I just you don't like to be the center of attention. So in so many ways, that individual connection is what we're all seeking. And that's where, for me, it it is that kind of magic piece where... I can connect with someone and help them to settle in, introduce them to others so that they can, you know, form friendships. And that's beneficial for me as well. I get to meet them, but I also get to see them grow and, and flourish in a space. And that is a real joy spot for me. So you describe yourself as an introvert. And so what advice do you have for other introverts out there who have amazing ideas but are afraid to do something with those ideas? Yeah, reach out. It's, it's always better to reach out and connect with either one person until you're ready to open up to a few and be willing to put yourself out there because good things come when you know, you're willing to kind of step out. So I've been to a lot of different co-working spaces out there. They all have a little bit different vibe. They all have, you know, a bunch of offices, a bunch of people, free beer and coffee. That's kind of the <laughs> formula, right? But are all co-working spaces a community? And what does it take to take your co-working space to that next level where it feels like this vibrant community where some synergy and magic happens and cities change? Community is first and foremost, the people more than anything. And it is finding out the why of, of why people are connecting and then taking that to the next step. And that is the basis for so many things that we do throughout the hive, whether it be added amenities to help our members <laughs> through massage, meditation, yoga, anything like that to events. Many times members have told us specifically what they were looking for as far as workshops that would help them or an event specifically on, let's just say business development or something in a spiritual sense. So, you know, we really have looked at what we do from every day, that experience when they walk into the hive, what's available in the kitchen, what's available to, to them as far as classrooms and workshops to make sure that, you know, we're really hitting on every single member in our space or for the most part. And so in this space, you've also made a conscious decision to include a lot of local art and it makes that space beautiful. But beyond beauty, what does that do? I think that, you know, it shows our members and not only our members, but the city and all those who come through the space that supporting local artists is very important. 
and that our city without local artists is it's really sad. And so we're we're happy to have a space that can display all the works of local artists through so many different mediums. We've had artists talks and workshops through the space and they've been able to kind of share their experience how they do what they do many of the artists in the local community use our space sometimes to paint out of sometimes to draw sometimes to work on marketing and sometimes to partner with others on on honing that marketing i've noticed a lot of commercial real estate brokers in our town these days you know, love to say, this would be a great creative space <laughs> and it costs, you know, way too many dollars a square foot usually. Right. Right. But it's just, it's become this buzzword like, oh, yeah, we want creative people in our space. But you've created a space where you actually do have a lot of creative people in there and they can actually afford it too, which is great. What do you think this relationship is between like having creatives in a space and having an accessible workplace community? Because you could be a co-working space full of real estate agents only or all people in the finance sector. Do you try to curate more creative in your space than other aspects? Or are you trying to just make sure there are a few in that space? What's your blend in your mix? And what do you think that role is of a creative in this type of space? Yeah, I think early on, we really sought to connect to creators in the community and create that creative hub. But that comes you know, again, through relationships, making it accessible for them, having art shows to know that we're supporting them, having workshops that are definitely on the creative sector. I mean, Sacramento is full of these amazing creators, full in so many different levels. And, you know, we wanted to figure out how, how do we partner with them? And so there have been many partnerships throughout the years that have been, you know, beneficial for artists and have given us a space full of amazing people. So, so much of the Hive is based off of human interaction, right? And then 2020 had this, we had COVID-19 and stay-at-home orders and people working from home really became the new norm. So how has that impacted you guys? I mean, obviously it's impacted everyone and spaces, any kind of physical space, it is massively impacted. But I would say, you know, even if the light at the end of the tunnel is a very long tunnel, I really think that there is this, you know, huge shift to working remotely. And creatives know that they have to be in a space with others. That's where the innovation and the magic takes place. They have to be working together somewhat collaboratively, which builds community at the same time builds inspiration for many new things. And I think that as we're going into this time, we are hungry, hungry for community more than anything and hungry for a collaboration that truly will never exist online. So as much as we like to, you know, do things together online, it's great. It will never, ever replace that being able to, you know, touch someone's hand across the table or, you know, roll out some paper and, and get to work on something and having the human connection of, of just being present in a space together. So that creative hub, that physical location is just so needed right now. 
Totally. Like pre-COVID, I was over like networking and going out and happy hour. And now I cannot wait for the time that I have to go get a drink and talk to somebody (laughs) who I've never met. Right. Like that's, I can't wait for it. Right. We miss all those things as, as creativity plus as well as a group that, you know, we, we grew and, and, and thrive so well in bringing creatives together in the, these speaker events and which so much we held in your space as well. And yeah. Yeah, we all, we all miss it so much. It's, it's that magic of in person. Yes. Next question I have is a bit of a pivot. It pulls us out a little bit in, in perspective okay. here, but you know, thinking back how you and Brandon were pioneers in this co-working space in Sacramento really kind of hadn't been done that much before. So it makes me wonder who have you guys looked up to as mentors during this process, you know, and for guidance and inspiration, or do you just make all this shit up? <laughs> I don't think it was one singular person by any stretch. I mean, we truly value um, the connections that we've made in Sacramento, connections that we've made in other towns and cities. We've been to so many co-working spaces across the states and abroad and really seeking to kind of, you know, understand what's working, what's not working and and also for them, you know, to to talk to them. Never be afraid to kind of introduce yourself as who you really are rather than going into a space and just kind of checking it out. We always sought to introduce ourselves. And then honestly, um, the kind of pairing of Hive and Ted has opened the doors to just always thinking outside the box and having the gift of so many speakers that have come through TEDx Sacramento have given us kind of like wings to fly and just always pursuing things that we think, well, I don't know if Sacramento's ready for that. Let's just push it, you know, or doing something that we saw someone else doing and just taking that to the next level. With that sentiment then, what do you think that the Sacramento creative community needs? I think support more than anything. I think if we can work together better rather than working so much as silos, if we were communicating and we you know, really knew at the heart where we were going, I think Sacramento has always been a little bit resistant to change. And you know, if, if we want to be a city that's growing, then we always have to be open to supporting those creatives that are visually transforming our cities, whether that be through mural art and gallery art to physical art that's throughout our street and then beyond from that. But I think, you know, support more than anything. That's a great recommendation. And and also, we shall remember that support means everything beyond clicking a like on Instagram. It means going out to oh, events. Sure. It means going yes. out and spending money with these people. Yep. It means advocating that maybe your company hires them for a mural or art in their actual workspace rather than having mm-hmm. canned art and creativity in their workspace. Correct. There's lots of ways that we can step up for our creative community in your everyday Absolutely. life, which you may not think you're as empowered to do. Absolutely. And it can be from the smallest of things. You know, one of the things that we sought after in having art early on was to introduce our children to it and make sure that they appreciated the art and the artists. And in so many ways, our children have had the opportunity to meet a lot of these artists. 
We kind of sought after to make sure that we were purchasing art for them here and there, whether it be in small form or or a t-shirt that an artist has designed. And that our goal is to this next generation, you know, to make sure that they are really truly appreciating the things around them. That is a wonderful way to end this podcast. Thank you so much for your time and your insights on community and creativity, your journey with Urban Hive and your personal one. It's been great to hear. Thank you. And thank you what you do for the creative economy. And I'm honored to be here. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, Page Design Group, Position Interactive, Porter Co., and Capital Area Development Authority. Our technical producers are Johnny Flores and Kate Gonzalez. This podcast is a program of Creativity Plus and recorded from the safety of our homes in beautiful Sacramento, California. Our programming is made possible by a wonderful team of volunteers. Please be sure to rate and review the show. To learn more about Creativity Plus, please visit convenethecreative.org. And thank you for listening to the Creativity Speaks podcast.